So it's a well-researched fact that having a baby usually has a negative impact on your marital satisfaction. Today, we want to look at the whole early parenting thing and draw out some important lessons for married couples who are parents or about to become parents. Welcome to the Only You Forever podcast. If you want to build a thriving, passionate marriage, we've got the research, the truth, and the answers you've been looking for. And now, here are your hosts, Caleb and Verlinda Simone Gendel. Hey, everybody. This is episode number 77. And we are going to be talking about parenting for the benefit of your marriage. Yes. So go ahead. Well, I just want to start with a little empathy moment because being a new parent is a big challenge. It's a whole bunch of stuff and you feel like you're in a glass, like in a fishbowl sometimes. Yeah. And so we just want to acknowledge that's tough and and we hope that what we have to say today is not going to add yeah. all sorts of expectations to you for what you're already doing, but to encourage you and try to give you some help. Yeah. This is not part of the mummy wars. Like you have to live up to this standard. No. Do you know what? I remember going to the doctor when I was pregnant with our oldest and- He said, you are about to embark on the hardest job in the world Mm -hmm. with absolutely no training. Wow. That's a good doctor. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought, you know what? That's kind of true. Like you don't go to school for parenting. Yep. A lot of the parenting stuff out there, I won't go there. So all you young parents out there, we're rooting for you. Absolutely. And so what I'm hoping that we'll deliver today is some pretty specific parenting and marriage strategies that as you folks who are married and having babies transition into parenthood, you'll be well prepared to make sure that mom, baby, and dad are all taken care of. So Yeah. But you know what? Babies make for busy lives. Yeah. Like it just takes a lot of time, that baby stage. Right. Which kind of leads into the first bit of research I wanted to talk about because studies okay. show that as demands on our time have increased over the past 40 years, generally speaking, most couples have decreased their involvement in paid employment. And they do that so they can keep up with time spent with their spouse and with their children. And, you know, I think this is, this is awesome, right? It shows that good values are at work in this younger generation. But I think it also speaks uh, to those of you who are considering having children. That this is something you want to be challenged with as well. And you, you just want to be prepared for that. Yeah. So most couples, what they're doing is they're, they're actually adding time into their weekdays by reducing the number of hours they work. That's cool. It is really cool. Weekends are a little bit of a different stories, uh, different story for most people. They, they end up paying a sort of a social personal cost for maintaining their levels of spousal time after having a child. So they see that if folks are married with kids, they're probably spending less time with friends and extended family on weekends. Okay. I think this is reasonable, but I think what's great about this is that we're seeing that spousal companionship is important to new parents and that people are prioritizing that. Yeah, that is good. Just with the caveat of not becoming too isolated from our social networks because we do need community yes, as human beings. So it needs to be a bit of a balance there. Yeah. So that's kind of just parenting and marriage in terms of time management, what we're seeing. And some ideas there for you if you need a change about how you might, you know, maybe you can take some time out of, of work. That's a challenge financially, but, yeah, you know, it's a cost one way, it's a cost the other way. Yeah. Now, in terms of your marriage itself and how you're relating to each other, I've got some great content today, Verlinda, that's really going to help folks stay connected as a couple because we've already established in in other episodes that having a kid or children plural does put a dent in your marital satisfaction yep okay so it's something that we've all had to work at if you've already had kids or we're having to work at if if you're there right now and you know i know i really wished i had someone explain this all to me as we had our children mm-hmm. so hopefully it'll be mm-hmm. a help to you today so just kind of jumping right into a study by some major marriage researchers shapiro gottman and Carreri. 
They looked at couples' marital friendship at the start of their marriage versus the decline over the transition to parenthood. Okay, so, so that's just a given. There's going to be a decline. And so they were looking at it. Frequently is, right? Okay. And so they're watching that. And they followed these newlywed couples for six years. And they compared the new parents to a control group who remained childless over that time. Okay. Okay. So they got couples that had kids, couples that didn't have kids to compare yep. them to. And here's what helped mothers to have stable or increasing marital satisfaction. Number one, okay. the husband's expression of fondness toward her. So the more warmth he puts in, the more satisfied she feels. That makes total sense. Yeah. Yep. Sometimes stating the obvious is really helpful. <laughs> so the husband's high awareness. Number two, the husband's high awareness for her and their relationship. And this really kind of ties to the previous one, but he's more aware of the stress she's experiencing. He responds with more fondness. This mm. is a huge, huge help, right? Kind of like we're in this together. Right. And, you know, the corollary to that was if she was aware his, of his efforts to be supportive and loving, she was way more satisfied. Hmm. Right. Okay. Which brings out our third point. That is her awareness for her husband and their relationship was also an impact on her marital satisfaction. So not only can husbands help by being aware and acting out of that in a generous way, but she also needs to be alert enough to acknowledge, receive, and even reciprocate. Oh, even though the, you yeah. know, there's all the demands of the baby and everything, right? Yeah. I'm just thinking here, like, if a woman's got postpartum blues, mm -hmm. she needs to get help for that. Like, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter how much fondness your husband gives you. Mm -hmm. That's something real that needs You may need more resources. Help. Than, yeah. 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 So we just encourage you to reach out if you're going through that. Yeah. Now, on the other side, what, I, you know, they ask the question, what predicts a decline in marital satisfaction of mothers? One is the husband's negativity towards her, mm -hmm. his wife, right? Mm-hmm. So if he's kind of at her or needling her or whatever, and possibly I'm thinking he might be doing that acting out of some sense of, of loss because he's not getting as much attention as he used to. Yeah. But, you know, and I empathize with that feeling back in there, but it's not coming out in a helpful way. Right. Because this is corrosive behavior. Yeah. yeah. And then possibly related to that as well, the husband's disappointment in the marriage, which again, empathy, because it's not what it used to be. But yeah. let's try and, you know, you started this baby thing. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. So... You're in this too. And then number three, the husband or wife describing their lives as chaotic. That predicted a decline in marital satisfaction. So hmm. chaos as a feeling, that comes from the sense that there are changes in our lives that are out of control. Hmm. Yeah. So that adds a lot of stress to a major life transition. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, that doesn't even need kids to be chaotic, but they no. definitely add to the chaos. Yeah. Yeah. Can. So let's talk about how that kind of transition goes in because... And just drawing on another study here, looking at the quality of intimate relationships six months after delivery of the baby. Obviously. So there, there is a real transition into parenthood. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> and, and these folks, they uncovered four factors that were influential, okay? Okay. So the first relates to this whole subject of transition itself to parenting. It's the most mentioned category in the study when they looked at people and what they were talking about in the study. And the factors here that were most frequently mentioned were, number one, the loyal sharing of responsibility. So that was important to people mm -hmm. and mutual respect and regard Okay, as they transition. So really what, what's happening in these marriages that are transitioning successfully is that the dad and mom are putting aside their own needs in favor of their spouse and the baby. Okay. But it's kind of, it's also tempered or it's balanced by, by not letting it kind of overly center on the baby. Right. Okay. And by, by maintaining an adult relationship with the parent, with like your spouse. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I think it's hard. To figure out that balance. Yeah. You know, like 
we had one child that slept through the night from what, 10 days or something yeah. like that. And then we had another kid who was like months before they slept through the night. Yeah. And that's, that was totally different on the relationship. Yeah. They can be, they're different demands there, right? Yeah. But you know, as soon as, you know, we can choose how to respond to that. So you can't choose the temperament of your baby. No. But you can choose how you're responding and how you're going to act in those situations, right? Yeah. And if there's any sense of entitlement or selfishness kind of kicking in there, yeah. and we start feeling resentful or disappointed, then we have a decline in marital satisfaction. Mm-hmm. So we need to manage where we're letting our emotions go. Right. Okay. And finding healthy ways to like express healthy them. Healthy thinking. As well as managing our expectations, because having a baby in the home is hard work. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You, you should have probably said that, not me, but. <laughs> but if, yeah. if both parents are committed to the unselfish giving of themselves to each other in support of this new challenge. So not just to the baby here, we're talking about to each other. It's us taking care of the baby. Right. Yeah. And if they're intentional about keeping their own connection alive as much as they are keeping the new little bundle of love alive, you know, things are going to go well. Right. Yeah. Okay. Or better, I should say. Yeah. <laughs> so the other issue that comes up in, in, in the transition to new parenthood is sexuality. Mm-hmm. If you deliver a baby naturally, your doctor will tell you no sexual intercourse for six weeks. Yeah. At least that's what they did 10 years ago. And then after that, you still have the exhaustion to deal with. So most new parents are having sex one or two times a month where they're probably averaging a couple of times a week before that. Okay. That's that, quite an adjustment. It is. Yeah. And this comes down to expectations. I just wanted to give a few things for folks to think through on this. So this change in sexual frequency is part of the transition to parenthood. And, you know, barring complications from the childbearing, hopefully it won't be a permanent reduction. Right. Yeah. But in these moments, and I want to talk to dads here first, this is where you kind of start to wallow in your self-pity and feel disappointment and feel resentment and like you're being left out now, right? And, you know, it's okay to miss what you used to have. Yeah. I get that. That's fair enough. Yeah. But this is also an opportunity for extra love and affection and where you can build intimacy at other levels than just your sexuality. Mm-hmm. So see it as a possibility. So, and couples often find that bringing other bits of good and joy into their lives is so helpful to strengthen their togetherness. So like just small surprises like coffee in bed. If you have somebody that can take care of baby for a couple of days, like a weekend getaway, little touches here and there through the moments of your day or your evenings together. Mm-hmm. So, you know, love can still blossom between you, even though there's less actual sexuality going on. Okay. And most yeah. couples that are going through this, they, they will tell you, and this is from the study, that their sexuality moves towards a focus on quality rather than quantity. That's not a bad thing either. Yeah. Right? Yep. And so another point to consider just kind of finally on this particular part of the subject is that even though sexuality may be reduced, sensuality does not have to be. Oh, okay. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. So you can still have those lingering kisses and long hugs and caressing and, you know, just the, the physical warmth. That can be emphasized in place of a lot of sexuality. And that that will continue to strengthen the relationship. Mm -hmm. So just don't overtone it with expectations, right? Yeah, exactly. Like if you go into it saying, oh, if I give her these hugs and kisses and whatever, I'm going to get more sex. That's not going to go well. No, you're just doing it because you're affirming and you're loving. Right. It's the expectations part. Yes. Yeah. And that's what I think I'm trying to say here is just to be really loving towards each other and not have all that love and attention pointed just at the baby. So you can still do this for yourselves as a couple. Okay. Go ahead. I mean, the baby needs a lot of care and attention. Yeah. Like there's no doubt about that. It does. But, you know, some good advice I got is, you know what? You were a wife before you were a mother. Right. And I mean, the same goes for men too. 
You were a husband before you were a dad. Yeah. So. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Just to end on a little bit of controversy. Oh, Caleb. <laughs> Seriously? Let's talk about co-sleeping. Okay. This is actually a hotter topic than I realized. Oh, it's in all like the mummy war things. Okay. So, you know, we're not huge fans. No. So go ahead and jump on the comment section and, and just blast <laughs> away there. Apart. But there's a lot of people who are. Now, here's interest. I'm going to try to be kind of balanced here, okay? Okay. When I look at the research, there's a lot of articles in favor. There are more articles in favor of the benefit of co-sleeping than not. So it's Are these research articles or research are these money articles. blogs? No, no. Research okay. articles. Very supportive. Okay. Much more in favor than not. Okay. okay. I asked our researcher, I need some data here because, you know, we didn't like this and we don't want other people to do it. <laughs> I wasn't that blatant, but she wrote me back very <laughs> kindly and said, actually, here's one article and there's a whole whack of articles saying it's good. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so fair enough. Okay. And you know, it's only been with the invention of the crib and the creation of personal wealth in the last 150 years that co-sleeping has become a minority activity in Western culture. Hmm. Yeah. I can understand why it might be a great thing. Yeah. It can help with attachment, which is the bonding to the baby. Yeah. And some people finding that, you know, your kid can grab a breast and feed without waking you up is good. And they're, they're more rested. Yeah. And everything. I just think, you know, as long as he doesn't grab dad, you should be fine, right? <laughs> so, but let, let me counterpoint on the benefits here. Okay. I read, and I think this was off Wikipedia. Right. And it had references for it. Okay. 150 babies die in Texas every year in co-sleeping arrangements. Oh, that would just be like heartbreaking. Yes. That's shocking. Yeah. But counterpoint to that there are studies that indicate that co-sleeping reduces sudden infant death syndrome okay 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 so let's just kind of leave on this point with some info from an article by messner and miller and this is where we're going to leave it to the our listeners to decide what they want to do okay all right if both parents endorse the idea of co-sleeping it seems that this arrangement has no negative impact on their marriage or their sleep Hmm. if both parents endorse it okay and that's where like they they plan to co-sleep Okay. Yeah. But if the parents only do what they call reactive co-sleeping, which is, you know, something's not going well during the night, let's just put the child in bed or the baby, toddler, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That's reactive co-sleeping. It means that they're not really into it, but they put up with it on occasion. Then their marital satisfaction declines as time spent bed sharing increases. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. Which may be why we didn't like it. Because we didn't plan to. We didn't plan to, right? And so then it, we noticed some impact in our marital satisfaction whenever it might have happened and yada, yada. Mm-hmm. So, hmm. so let's leave that with our audience to decide. If you can keep, I think for Linda, if, if you, not you, but our audience, if they can keep the sensuality and love and warmth alive and you're both committed to co-sleeping and you know how to do it safely, I say go for it. I mean, why not? There's lots of benefits yep. for many couples and Yep. Yep. But if you're both not into it, it's probably going to impact your marriage negatively. So just watch for that. And in that case, you might want to look at negotiating some kind of compromise where maybe the baby's in the same room, but in its own bassinet or whatever works. Right. Okay. Yeah. This is not your time to, you know, hammer your spouse because they disagree with you. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, if, if you want your baby in another room, which is what we did, take those SIDS precautions and be sure to have good bonding and attachment time with the baby. Yeah. Uh, but then be sure to have that time with each other in an adult way as well. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, you know, for us, like we've really held dear to keeping some time for ourselves in the evenings. Yep. We have some, we have had some Saturday morning family time when the kids were smaller and they'd like to jump in bed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but now that they're older, like 
we're usually up before them or they're kind of growing out of it. Yeah. And again, we just love having that time to ourselves. So yes, life kind of transitions through yeah. different phases, right? And what I think you don't want to do is get so focused on being parents that when you get to the stage, your youngest is seven or eight and they don't need as much hands-on care and monitoring, you don't have a marriage anymore. That's the yeah, risk. Yeah. Because you've been so You don't so want to just focused. have that parenting relationship. Yes. We're co-parents, but we're not spouses. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. That's not going to end well. Not necessarily. Or it might take some work to get it back on track. That's true. There's a positive way of there you go. Okay. Let's wrap this up. Okay. Thanks for listening today. You guys are all what keeps us doing this, and we're honored to be a part of your lives. That's right. And next week, we're talking about marriage after an affair. So we're looking oh. at the trajectory of recovery. Okay. There. And uh, you may think, well, I've never had an affair, and yeah. that's great. Um, yeah. But we all let exactly. each other down, and we let our spouses down. And if you've had some experience of betrayal, I think that will be helpful for you. Okay, sounds Even good. Even at that level. Well, that's all for today's episode. You can get the full show notes, as always, at oyf.link slash 77. And we know parenting topics can be a pretty sensitive topic. But what do you think? You know, are you and your spouse on the same page as far as balancing parenting and marriage responsibilities? We'd love to hear from you via our website at onlyyouforever.com. Otherwise, blessings on you all, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the onlyyouforever.com podcast. Please help us reach and influence a wider audience by rating and reviewing our podcast at onlyyouforever.com slash love. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.